The gospel reading for this morning is taken from John's gospel, beginning in the second chapter at the 13th verse. And John wrote these things. When the Passover feast celebrated each spring by the Jews was about to take place, Jesus traveled up to Jerusalem. He found the temple teeming with people selling cattle and sheep and doves, and the loan sharks were also there in full strength. Jesus put together a whip out of strips of leather and chased them out of the temple, stampeding the sheep and cattle, upending the tables of the loan sharks, spilling coins left and right. He told the dove merchants, get your things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a shopping mall. And that's when his disciples remembered the scripture, zeal for your house consumes me. But the Jews were upset. They asked, well, what credentials can you present to justify this? And Jesus answered, tear down this temple, and in three days I'll put it back together. And they were indignant. It took 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to rebuild it in three days? But Jesus was talking about his body as the temple. And later, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this. They then put two and two together and believed both what was written in Scripture and what Jesus had said. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Well, Lord, give us the grace not to take our dead ends, our failures, and our tragedies too seriously. Give us the grace to see beyond our stories to the great story that you are telling. Turn our tears to laughter, our sighing to singing, and may we smile your saving grace for us and the rest of creation. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. I think we've all probably had the experience of being in the presence of someone who is normally composed and quiet and having this person suddenly erupt. Something happens, someone says something, and it immediately sets them off. And it all seems so out of character. Well, I can imagine Christian folks having a similar reaction to this story of Jesus cleansing the temple. If you're familiar with it, you can even remember hearing, perhaps, singing the old gospel hymn, Softly and Tenderly Jesus is Calling, Calling for You and for Me. If you remember that, I think this story will catch your attention. If you've had any contact with violence in your personal or family life, this story will get your attention. Or if you're familiar with the many times in the ministry of Jesus that his behavior is marked by patience and gentleness and compassion, again, this story will get your attention. It has that stinging quality to it that we associate with any sudden outburst of anger, especially since it seems so out of character. So it seems to me our question for this week is what do we do with this? What is in this story that we can take home 
and chew on for a bit this week? Well, first off, I think we need to recognize that this story is related in all four of our gospel stories. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this happens towards the end of the story, after Palm Sunday, kind of like a last straw for the temple authorities. In these stories, this event leads to a committed effort to have Jesus put to death. In our reading for this morning, in John's Gospel, this story happens early on in the ministry of Jesus. It is sandwiched right between the miracles of water into wine at the wedding of Cana and Jesus' late-night encounter with Nicodemus about what it means to be born again. John has Jesus make repeated trips to Jerusalem during his ministry. The others have him there once at the end to celebrate Passover for the last time and to meet his death. John, however, front-loads his story of the ministry of Jesus with this episode. Now, will you just look with me for a moment at the people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers? All of this was a part of temple life. Cattle, sheep, and doves were used as sacrificial animals, burnt offerings to atone for the sins of those who indeed brought them to the priests. And since this was Passover, and Passover was a pilgrimage festival, meaning that people came from far and wide to one particular place, to the temple in Jerusalem, those who came from long distances couldn't bring the animals with them. All of this is religious. The livestock, you see, are for the biblically prescribed sacrifice. You can't make a sacrifice to God, can't get your sins forgiven, can't get right with God without a sacrifice. And what's more, the temple tax could not be paid with Greek or Roman coins because these coins carried the, a human image, the emperor's head. And foreign currency needed to be exchanged for legal currency, hence the need for money changers. But Jesus, Jesus makes a whip and kicks over tables, destroys bird cages, stampedes the cows, dumps out the cash drawers of the money changers and throws the rest of them right out of the door. Stop making my father's house into a marketplace. He screamed as they whooped them on the backside. And it was right about then that the disciples remembered the scripture that said, oh, well, zeal for your house will consume me. Now please also remember that as John wrote, Jesus was risen and ascended. The temple had been utterly destroyed by then by the Romans. And people were wondering if you could no longer get right with God by buying a dove or a sheep, how did you exactly get right with God? If the sheep and the rites and the rituals, the prayer books and the song books, the Passover celebration, the bread and the cups of wine, if they are no longer the way we get to God and God gets to us, then just how are we supposed to do this? Where is the temple now? And Jesus says, well, tear down this temple, and in three days I'll put it back together. Get it? Who's the temple now? You see, there's a new way to get to God. The altar of God has been thrown 
down. That high altar is now just a regular table. And the most sacrificial reminder is now just simply bread and wine. And the very word of God has become flesh and dwelt among us. This new temple is one not built by human hands. It's not at all dependent on human contributions. Jesus sets us free, and we now worship in spirit and in truth. No more blood, no more death. Not another soul should die for anyone's sins. We've got Jesus. We've got the body of Christ, this incredible, diverse, worldwide family of brothers and sisters upon whom God has breathed God's spirit. We are collectively the body of Christ in this world. And being together isn't always easy. And it can be painful. And it's hard. And it hurts sometimes. But ultimately, we trust Jesus, who put his own life on the line, that participation in this cross-bearing, relational body is the way to abundant life. So this Sunday we pray, Lord Jesus, drive out our demons, whip us into shape, clean us up, dust us off, and allow us to serve and worship you in word and in deed on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and every day, just as we should. We give you all the glory. Amen.